Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Amy from Amy Natalie Co., spiritual teacher, mindset coach, and speaker. I'm here to remind you how to tap into your feminine frequency to elevate your relationships, attract more money, and feel confident in your body. Each week, I'll be sharing wisdom from guest experts and guided meditations, along with my favorite spiritual mindset techniques so that you can access abundance, love, and manifest a life that is in alignment with your soul's true desires. Let's do this, sister. Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I am so grateful to have you here with me today for this guest episode with Cassandra Wilder. And before we get into this episode, I want to share a little personal update that I am back in San Diego for a couple of weeks before I head off for my next chapter of my nomadic journey. I will be headed to Asheville, North Carolina for the fall. I had never heard of Asheville until a few months ago, and then it just kept popping up in a lot of different places, different conversations. And one of my closest sisters, she lives out there right now. She's been out there for a few months and I'm so looking forward to connecting with that part of the world and being surrounded by mountains and trees and really getting into the fall energy and creating some beautiful new content and starting to write my book while I'm there. So there's lots of things in the works. Um, And in the meantime, I am going to enjoy my time here in San Diego and see all my friends and family and then continue on with my journey. One of the things that I noticed specifically when I was leaving Kauai last week was that my mind was going into all of these stories about transitions and how transitions are hard and how I have to pack my bags and how I'm going to have to pack again soon and like noticing what my mind was doing. And then I had a really cool moment where I checked in with my body and even though my mind was doing all of those things that it normally does, my body felt so calm and my nervous system felt so grounded. And I was able to recognize that moment of how powerful the embodiment work that I've been doing for the last eight months within my own practices, how much that has supported me in feeling super safe in my nervous system and feeling really grounded within myself, and also feeling really confident in being able to address the emotions or energy that does come up when I do feel anxious or nervous. So I woke up this morning and similar things were happening. I noticed my mind doing this attachment thing. I noticed my mind kind of racing and doing these like overthinking things. And I decided instead of meditating this morning, I dropped into a really beautiful embodiment practice and was able to shift and well first was able to drop into my body see what emotions were actually there and process those emotions in a really beautiful way and then move through it and have a really beautiful opening of my energy on the other side and was able to enjoy my day and like wasn't held back by those spinning thoughts or by the the anxiety that was presented so these are really really important 
distinctions of how we can do a lot of mindset work. And I've done plenty of mindset work over the last five years of my personal development and self-help and spiritual journey. But really the embodiment work, I believe, is the next layer where we really teach your nervous system how to stay grounded, stay present, and really help us as women to move through the natural cycles of emotions that come up throughout our day, throughout our week, and throughout our month. And that's exactly why I'm so excited to be teaching about embodiment and to be providing opportunities for you in my community to join me and and experience what does embodiment even mean? What does it feel like? And I have a beautiful workshop coming up this coming Monday on September 27th. It's going to be a live virtual workshop where we go into a beautiful guided embodiment session. And there's also going to be a sisterhood component where you get to connect with other really incredible women from around the world. Last time I hosted this workshop, we had women from all over the United States as well as from other countries too. So I would love for you to join me for this if you feel called to explore the this embodiment work and would like for me to be your guide, you can find the info for this workshop by scrolling down to the link in the show notes, or you can click on the link in my bio on Instagram. You can find me at Amy Natalie Co. And I would absolutely love to play with you in this workshop, the Embody Your Feminine workshop, which is coming up. All right, so let's dive in to introducing our guest today, Cassandra Wilder, who is a naturopathic doctor and the leading expert in women's cyclical health and menstruation. She is passionate about helping women find answers for their hormone imbalances and period irregularities. She's been featured as a guest expert in a variety of publications and podcasts. She is pioneering a new wave of menstrual education and wellness for all cyclical beings with her popular Instagram account, The Menstruation Queen, and her chart-topping podcast, Cyclical. So you are going to love, love, love this episode. It has so much important information. I seriously want every single woman to have access to this wisdom in her life. And I'm sure you're going to get so, so much out of this. Cassandra is a brilliant teacher, educator, and she just keeps it real. So enjoy, and we'll see you on the other side. Hello, Cassandra. Welcome, welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, so excited to have you here today. And I absolutely love your work and love how you show up in the world as a beautiful educator and teacher and guide. And today we're going to get to experience some of your wisdom. So um, thank you for being here. Thank you. Wow. What a sweet intro. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to be talking about a lot of, you know, women's health really around menstrual cycles and, um, you know, why we have these, you know, so many irregularities and disconnection from our cycles. And I would love to hear a little backstory of where your journey began and how you started to learn this, this information for yourself, because we all know that it's not taught in school and it's usually not taught by our parents. So, um, yeah, give us a little insight into your personal journey. Yeah. 
Well, I think like many of us, sometimes I think our calling in life finds us before we're really ready for it. And so my initiation into this was having very irregular and painful periods. Um, I struggled through my adolescence with that. And when I was 18, I finally mustered up the courage to go see a doctor. And I went in there and within maybe two minutes, they just looked at me and said that birth control is the only option we have. You can take it or leave it. And that really shocked me. At the time I was an athlete, I was very, very underweight. I mean, there were a lot of things that would probably be really obvious to someone like me now if someone came to me and none of that was considered. It was just birth control is the fix. Sometimes our bodies are broken. I don't really know what else to say. Um, and that, yeah, it was really shocking to me. I felt like I went in seeking support and help and guidance and even understanding and it seemed very brushed off. So it started to feel this passion to understand why are our bodies thought of as like systems that are broken rather than as human beings that may maybe have our own unique root causes. Um, at that time, I was going to school for an undergrad in health and nutrition. And by the time I was in naturopathic school, that's where I feel like I got to get my hands into the meat of what's going on here. Like, why are women of reproductive ages so underrepresented in clinical trials, in research around exercise science, in food, you know, to where most of the things we hear about now, like intermittent fasting and keto and certain exercises, these things are largely done on men and postmenopausal women. And so people like you and I are not represented in many of the mainstream things we're told about health and wellness. So I felt like I just started to connect these dots and no wonder we have more access to this information than ever. And yet all of us are more confused and unhealthy than ever. So it's been a wild journey, but I feel like connecting these dots and helping women see that their bodies are beautiful and powerful and that they need to be listened to is such a beautiful thing. And I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing about your story. And I've heard a lot of similar stories and, you know, yeah. where women are just given birth control and that's the only tool or the only option. And mm -hmm. I'm curious to hear why you feel in the first place, like why are women having such irregular periods or the symptoms, like as an, as a naturopathic doctor, like what are you seeing as some of the main causes? Cause this is like infertility rates are rising, like irregular periods are, are pretty normal. Not, not that they're, they're <laughs> healthy, but they're pretty normal, right? Like it's, yeah. it's common for women to complain about it or to say that that's a concern of theirs. So why do you feel that there's been a rise in that? Hmm. There's a lot of answers to that, but I think the biggest thing is we are taught to live against our cyclical nature. Like you mentioned earlier, none of us were taught any of this, you know, people often still are confused when I say there's a difference between a menstrual cycle and a period you know, ovulation is the most important part of your cycle. You know, these little things that I didn't know for most of my life and many people also don't understand. Everything down to our nine to five, hustle culture, this mentality to like go and grind and get it works completely against our bodies. Our bodies really were not meant for this type of this culture where we're going, stress is through the roof. We don't take care of ourselves. We skip meals. You know, we, we finish a stressful day at work and go to the gym and add more stress to our system. Um, our whole world really is so anti-cyclical nature. So I think that's part of it. And then the smaller things, you know, it's toxicity. There's a lot of endocrine disruptors in our environment. Most pads and tampons are not um, the most supportive things to our cycle stress for most people is through the roof. Um, I mean, there's so many tiny pieces to this, but I think overarching is just none of us were, were taught anything about this. 
And our small choices we make every day tend to be against what we need on a cyclical and hormonal level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It definitely is a complex, multifaceted (laughs) reason why we are here. And one of the things that comes to mind for me as an embodiment teacher is really how disconnected we are as women from our bodies. So Mm -hmm. like the idea, you know, if you're having period cramps, just take Advil or, and, Mm -hmm. or, you know, just push through it and it'll, it'll be fine. It's only a couple of days of the month, like just make it through. Right. Or just ignoring these, these messages that your body is actually trying to tell you and Mm -hmm. staying busy, um, allowing your, whether it's your, your work or your business or whatever to take over and not actually slowing down and creating the space to be like, Oh, my body's in pain or my body's really tired. Like, why don't I tend to that? Why don't I listen to that? And we're just not, we don't have a culture that actually honors and celebrates that we have a culture that really honors the hustle and the busyness. Mm -hmm. And it's like this, this gold star who can, who can be the busiest, right? Yeah. 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 So I think even just the, the disconnect from our bodies as women can, 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 we don't even know what our cycles are when, when we're not paying attention. That's the thing. And without that baseline awareness that we should have been taught, it is very, very confusing. And we are taught to just numb, even you know, birth control being that first thing most doctors present, again, that's a numbing thing. Like maybe this will hide my acne. It will hide my periods or maybe better yet, it'll just delete my period. You know, I will never have to have a period again. And it is very pervasive in our culture. Just band-aid it, pretend it doesn't exist rather than really explore it and support it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And earlier you mentioned there's a difference between a menstrual cycle and a period and that ovulation is really important. So let's cover the basics in that. I'd love to start by, by teaching and, and hearing you share for women, what is, what is a quote unquote normal cycle or healthy cycle look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So this often comes up with patients when I'm talking to them, I'll ask, you know, like, tell me how long your last menstrual cycle was. And they'll be like, it was like five days. I'm like, no, 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 you're not your period, your menstrual cycle, you know? So it's, it's funny when we start to pull apart the layers to it. So in terms of a normal period, what that would look like, we'd want to see that under seven days, minimally painful, really no symptoms that take away from quality of life. So whether that's mood, emotional, or physical, minimal uh, clots, we want to see a bright red, like cranberry colored blood. Um, and about 60 milliliters or so of blood loss. So for context, that's like eight tampons over a cycle or like four menstrual cups. And I'm sure a lot of people are hearing that and are like, whoa, I've, I bleed a lot more than that. I can already tell I'm excessive in that. So in a perfect world, that's what a healthy cycle would look like. And all phases of your cycle, there's four cycle phases total, should feel that way in terms of nothing takes away from quality of life, your mood remains stable, energy levels remain consistent and we're not really getting these huge mountains and then drops in any of our cyclical symptoms. So it should feel enjoyable. And if it doesn't feel that way, there's something deeper behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you menstrual, you mentioned menstrual cups, which is something that has been really transformative for me. And <laughs> yes. I'm so grateful that I discovered. And so I would love for you to share, like, what is a menstrual cup and, and what are the benefits if someone wants to try one, what are the benefits of using it? I'm so glad you switched. Cause yeah, they're, I know they're scary when you haven't tried one yet and you've just heard about it, but once you try it, 
most people have a really life-changing experience with it. Um, menstrual cups are just phenomenal. I mean, with no, most pads and tampons, we have endocrine disruptors in them. They may be bleached with things like dioxins, which are similar to mercury, which is the most toxic substance known to man. Um, you know, they're made with GMO cotton. They're, you know, they test positive for glyphosate, you know, the like roundup thing we, we see people spray in their lawns. Wow. Yeah. So in terms of keeping a healthy you know, biome in your vagina and in your womb, we definitely don't want to be inserting things like glyphosate and GMOs. So with menstrual cups, they're either medical grade silicone or natural rubber. So there's nothing for your body to absorb. They're so cost effective, you know, they're 25 to 30 bucks and they last five to 10 years. So in terms of being good for your body and being good for the earth, they're phenomenal. The other thing I love about them though, is you can really see your blood. So sometimes I'll ask people, you know, like, do you have many clots? What color was your cycle? How heavy was it? And especially if you use things like pads, it's really hard to know, you know, it's kind of hard to describe. And most people just like rip those things off, throw them in the garbage and don't think about it. With a menstrual cup, when you're pouring it out, you can really see the quality of your blood, the clots, if there's any mucus, it's a total different experience. Mm -hmm. I've also found, and I've heard from other people that there is less like cramping often specifically mm -hmm. in the vagina. Like when you're going through your period, sometimes it can feel really like heavy and achy because it's holding a tampon. Yeah. Like if you're used to wearing a tampon, right. And so I've heard that. And, and in my experience, it's like, oh, wow, that just feels so much better. Like so much lighter. It doesn't feel Way better how you're just used to it feeling. So I think there, there's some benefits to that as well. Totally. And a lot of people say that. And some people suspect it's the endocrine disruptors that normally cause your body to like pulsate more to be like, let's get mm. this out. Similar to when people get an IUD often mm -hmm. the body and it's, you know, beautiful wiseness is trying to expel this foreign object. Like that's, it knows it's not supposed to be there. It's trying to help you and get rid of this bad thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, anyway. my IUD just, and I, I'm, I'm okay sharing because I think this is so important. Like lasted probably two months. My body was like, get wow. this out of me now. <laughs> like this is not supposed to be in here. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so interesting how we all have, you know, yeah. Different journeys with, with, as women deciding what contraceptives to use, um, what, what types of feminine products we want to use. And it's beautiful once yeah. you have the knowledge that you can actually start to make empowered choices for yourself. Exactly. Well yeah. said. Yeah. And so if women are experiencing things like PMS, menstrual cramps, you were, you were, you just painted the picture for us about like how it could be. And even mm -hmm. as you're sharing that with me, I'm like, but wait, can it really be that good? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. can it really be that simple? And so I'm curious you know, for women who do have irregular periods or who experience PMS or painful cramps, anything like that, let's say they don't have a diagnosis of let's say PCOS or endometriosis or mm -hmm. something more, more, um, complex, for example, but for someone who's experiencing those symptoms, how can we start to address those symptoms? That's a great question. Do you want me to say it broadly, or do you want to focus in on one? Um, we can, go ahead and say it broadly. And then if I like have okay. something that I want to pull out, we can do it that way. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cause there's so many like little, yeah, little parts to this, but okay. So in general, a lot of people, when they start to experience cycle irregularities, you know, the first thing is we think to numb it. We think to reach for something to support us, but the most powerful thing you can first start with before you add in any changes into your lifestyle is to monitor and track 
what's really happening. So sometimes people will reach out to me and say, you know, my, my ovulation window is really challenging. You know, I get a lot of pain uh, with my, you know, with the, the cramps with ovulation or my PMS is really hard. But when I start to ask them to really target in like what days exactly is this happening and how does it come on? Is it sharp or is it dull? Is it sudden or does it take a long time? Is it like a heavy cloud or is it like a numb background noise kind of thing? These are little things from a practitioner standpoint that makes a night and day difference. I can target in much, much better if we have really, really good data. So first and foremost, track everything really, really <laughs> at, you know, with great detail so that you can really see the pattern and how it comes on. And then we can start to target in. A lot of people want the sexy supplement list. You know, they want the like superfood. We're quick again to look for something exterior to fix us. That's just our mentality in this world. But the basic things have to be looked at. You know, what are you eating? Are you focusing on blood sugar? Blood sugar is the basis for hormone health. So this is where things like intermittent fasting can be very, very damaging to our female biology. You're not meant to skip meals. You're not meant to fast until 1 p.m. You're meant to eat consistently to keep your hormones balanced, especially if someone has a diagnosis like PCOS. Um, are you pooping every day? Again, I know that's not a sexy thing to talk about, but I can't tell you how often someone presents with these very severe estrogen dominant symptoms, like very heavy periods and big clots, and it lasts 11 days, and their boobs are super sore and painful that's estrogen. And then they tell me they poop twice a week, you know? So that's where it has to start. Are you pooping? What are you eating? How are you exercising? Are you adding more stress to your system or are you listening to your body and shifting your exercise throughout the month? So those are like the basic tenants. Oh, and then let me add one more is, are you ovulating? If you're not ovulating, your body can't make certain hormones. And unfortunately, most forms of hormonal birth control work by turning off ovulation, which is why a lot of people come off of birth control and don't have the easiest transition because all those symptoms come back with a vengeance and it's very challenging. So those are like the basic things that we can target in more if you want. Yeah. Super helpful. Um, one of the things, and I know that you, you obviously share this in your practice, but I see women like not getting enough sleep and, mm -hmm, and their, totally. their sleep cycles being messed up too, which, you know, has yeah. a huge impact on what you were talking like blood sugar and hormones too. Totally. That's the thing. The basics are, yeah. they can't, you can't out supplement, you know, habits that are against your basic biology. Yeah. This is so fun. Cause it's bringing me back to when I began my own, my, my own health journey, but also mm -hmm. my nutrition journey as a nutritionist, I used to love all of the functional medicine mm -hmm. and nutrition. And I love that, you know, really coming back to the basics of, of how to nourish and take care of your body. And I do believe that the body is able to heal when given the right environment and when given the right resources and tools. And, mm -hmm. um, I know that people can make it like really complex, but if we really, you're saying like, if we start here, that, yeah. that tracking, and then starting to take a look at your daily habits and, and, really looking at the basis of health that can make a big difference. Hugely, hugely. And then you can start to target in deeper from there. So like the next step would be to get hormone testing done so that ideally with a practitioner support, you could target in even more so then to see where the big imbalance is happening. Okay. Let's talk more about that, more about testing, because 
what I know and what, what I've seen is, you know, you can go to your doctor or your gynecologist and get regular testing and they might tell you that you're okay, but oftentimes you're still having symptoms. So Mm -hmm. can you share a little bit more about like the type of testing, um, that someone can, you know, would be helpful to ask for, or, you know, what types of practitioners they should be going to, to really get support when it comes to hormonal balancing? Mm, Yeah. Great questions. Yeah, hormone labs are funny because some people go to the doctor and the doctor will not do hormone tests for them. It's very common, unfortunately, to be denied, which is a whole other thing that we don't even have to go into. But I'm just shocked that you can be denied something that you're asking for for your own body. Um, And then other times you'll maybe get the hormone testing done, like a blood test with your doctor. And then, yeah, they'll just tell you everything's normal. You're fine. Meanwhile, you feel horrible. You're fatigued. You can't poop. You know, your cycle is all over the place. It's 90 days long. It's 40 days long. There's no consistency. And it's maddening to be told that basically it's in your head. You know, you're the one kind of fabricating this. It's not actually what's happening in your body. The thing is, is even if you show normal, you take those results to an integrative practitioner, like an integrative MD or an ND like me, most of the time we're like, honey, these are not normal (laughs) results. You know, you're on the very low end of normal. In Western medicine, the normal skill tends to be very, very broad, which means a lot of these small things get missed. So I can tell you someone recently showed me their hormone labs. They were told it was normal. But when we looked at it, their testosterone was through the roof. So of course they had acne, little hairs popping up on their chin that they hated and they were super self-conscious about. And their cortisol was almost non-existent, super, super low. So no wonder they couldn't get out of bed in the morning. And no wonder they had to have coffee and sugar at 2 p.m. just to get through the day. You know what I mean? So it's, it's so affirming to these patients when you can show them, you're not crazy. I can see mm-hmm. it. This is what it is. Now let's talk about rebuilding. In my practice, we mostly use Dutch tests, which are home urine tests. Mm-hmm. So anyone can order them. Um, ideally, you'd have a practitioner interpret them. But they're kind of next level when it terms to seeing what really in the term, in terms of like the hormone orchestra is out of balance. So maybe it's not just progesterone, it's other versions of that. Maybe it's not just estrogen. It's where the estrogen is getting stuck in the body. I feel like that takes us to the whole next level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We used to do Dutch tests and it is very complex to, to analyze and then come up with where do you go from there? But uh, definitely a a more complex reading of what's going on with how you metabolize hormones and everything. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So, so helpful. Yeah. So having the right testing is important and then being able to interpret and then the interpretation of the test is also important. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cause yeah. that's the hard thing. You know, if you are just looking at it and you see that some, you know, maybe estriol is really high, one of your types of estrogen, and then you Google, what do you take for high estrogen? Everything's going to say to take dim, which mm-hmm. is a helpful estrogen supplement for some people. But now if other types of estrogen are out of balance, it can actually make things worse. So this is like where Google sometimes is good and sometimes very harmful where Google has no idea your lab results. So it's just kind of sort of saying what maybe someone else did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so a lot of the women who are coming to you, you've mentioned some of the symptoms that they might be having. Um, What are some of like the most common cases, common things that you're seeing? Is it, is it PMS? Is it pain? Is it like more of the Mm. irregularity? Like what are you seeing the most of right now? Mm. It's never one thing, but I feel like, yeah, if I had to kind of like paint the picture of like a, a common person that I see consistently in my practice, they are super fatigued. 
So yeah, they have no energy. Their libido is non-existent. Their relationship is maybe a bit rocky because not only is the libido gone, but the PMS is very prevalent half of the month. So sometimes the, it's not a funny joke, but the thing is, is, you know, if you feel like you want to get divorced half the month, like that's not normal. <laughs> that's, that's PMS. That is like way, way, way out of balance. We need to address that. A lot of them have bloat, acne, those signs of hirsutism, like I mentioned, where we're having facial hair or hair on our chest or back or breasts, even just excess hair on the body. Um, and I guess the other thing I'd add are just severe period symptoms themselves. So heavy clots, maybe a history of cysts. So it just tends to be whole body thing. It's never just the one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So many different, it's amazing how much our hormones can impact when they're out of balance. Like, like you said, it's not just like the physical, the physical pain and physical symptoms in in themselves can be, can be really debilitating, but then you also add in the emotional component to it of the kind of like roller coaster ride that, Mm -hmm. that it can be when they're out of balance. Yeah. They really affect everything. And that's what I think people think of hormones as like, well, it's just like, yeah, your period or just like your libido. But like you said, so well, it is everything. And so often it comes down to what the hormones are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what do you feel? Yeah. I'm trying to think, cause I, I love like all these different elements for, for women who get have, let's say we, I would love to go deeper into talking about like PMS and, mm-hmm. and what that even is and like why women have, and when they might be experiencing PMS, like how to identify that that's happening? Because I'll speak mm-hmm. from, you know, my personal experience, the more attuned that I became to my own cycle and started to realize, Oh, the week before my period, like that's when I actually started to have like notice a significant shift in my mood. And, yeah. um, it really helped me to understand myself better on an emotional level. When mm-hmm. I started to notice that there was a shift and like, you know, I mean, that's, being off birth control and being able to pay attention to the signs. But sometimes when women are on birth control, it's, it can be harder to see what some of those signs Mm -hmm. are as well. Totally. Oh, okay. I love that. We're talking about PMS because PMS is a cool one in that there's a lot of physical pieces to this, but there's a lot of emotional pieces as well. Meaning it's sometimes the root cause is a little different for everyone. But like you said, PMS typically is in that luteal phase, like 10 or so days before your period. It affects 80 to 90% of people. So when it's like <laughs> pretty much everyone has some version of this in very severe cases, it can be premenstrual dysphoric disorder or PMDD. Now, these are people that literally half the, half of the, the month is robbed from them because their symptoms are so severe to severe depression, anxiety. They can't leave the house. Um, it's a whole other level. But with PMS, so there's two areas that we have to look at. So first, we'll start with the physical. The physical piece is during that luteal phase of your cycle, your hormone progesterone is supposed to be surging. Progesterone is like the sweet loving auntie, you know, who's supposed to like sweep in and scoop you up and love you and keep you calm and just remind you everything's going to be okay. But if you're not getting any progesterone, we can imagine you feel the exact opposite. We tend to have severe PMS. We um, may have breast tenderness. Our cycle could be very, very short, meaning we're getting a period like every three weeks. It can be a whole other level of disharmony. 
So the main reason people don't produce progesterone is just because they don't ovulate. You have to ovulate to make progesterone and estradiol. So if you're not ovulating or you're on birth control, we can see how quickly this becomes very, very concerning. So anytime I have a patient come to me that explains they have severe PMS or PMDD, the first thing we have to do is find out if they're ovulating. So they have to start tracking their cycle for at least a month so we can see, are you even making progesterone? Now, a lot of people are quick to throw out recommendations like Vitex or Chase Tree Berry to help you make progesterone, but that's not the fix. You know, that's like a secondary thing down the road if you want. You just have to look at, can your body make progesterone? So there's the physical side. For the emotional side, PMS tends to always have like a, a type of person it affects. So you may think of PMS as premenstrual syndrome, but it could also mean prioritize myself. Most people that I know that have PMS are extremely high achieving women. So meaning they don't stop for anything. They maybe have some masculine qualities in terms of being very strategic and very into like hustle culture perhaps. Um, but they don't honor those whispers to start to slow down in that luteal phase of their cycle when all of their energy starts to pull within towards their period. Instead, they stay full-blown like ovulation energy and bulldoze through what their body is asking for. So sometimes PMS is your body trying to shake you and ask you to slow down. I would guess if anyone's listening to this and they tend to have a lot of PMS symptoms, just think back to the last month when it happened. What was happening that day or the day before? Because I would guess, I'd almost bet money, there was something really intense going on that you did not slow down for. And so you pushed through and your body was just trying to speak to you. So think of that, prioritize myself. And then also, you have to look at the physical stuff too. Were you ovulating? Did you make progesterone? Yeah. So interesting. And I, I love this idea of checking in with and seeing how do our, how does our energy are the way that we're operating masculine in your math, hyper-masculine or feminine, mm-hmm. are you honoring your cycle? Are you really listening? Are you slowing down how that can actually impact your, yeah. your hormones? And I don't think a lot of people think about that. No, I mean, I didn't for years. I just thought, you know, go, 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 kill it, make it happen, grind. And then yeah. I was like, I wonder why I feel horrible. And I'm super, you know, moody all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. want to, even if we could break it down physiologically, like how those two are connected. So we're talking about like the hustle, 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 go, 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 not resting enough that impacts your cortisol, right? Your, your stress hormone. And you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier how intermittent fasting and like certain diets are not great for women's hormones because women's cortisol is a lot, it's a lot more sensitive, right? Than men's or how does that, how does that work? Why, why does it affect our hormone balance so much to be in that stress mode? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like you said, cortisol, so let, let me back up a little bit. There's a mother hormone called pregnolone. So that's like a kind of the mother hormone that makes a lot of other things. But like you said, Pregnolone can either go to make cortisol or it can go to make progesterone and ovulate. Now, when we're locked into too much cortisol, we can guess what our body has to do, or I should say too much stress. It's like, do I reproduce and feel balanced or do I survive? Hmm. (laughs) Our body's always going to pick survival. That's how biology works. And so, like you said, when we're in stressful environments, we're stressed from work. Now we're going to go work out super long and hard and we're going to skip dinner because intermittent fasting is so cool. Now we're surging cortisol 
and adrenaline. And these other biological functions totally fall to the side. Now to add to this, in the luteal phase of a woman's cycle, her cortisol is more irregular. Her blood sugar is also more irregular. And so this is where there are a few things more important in that luteal phase than slowing down on the exercise, eating good complex carbs and plenty of calories. Because if we're trying to do things that maybe we could have gotten away with in the earlier part of our cycle, now we're gonna feel the effects. That's so fascinating that the exercise changes at different times in your cycle. Yeah, it's such a cool thing to learn how to exercise cyclically. It's uh-huh. something I think intuitively we, we all know. Like if you asked, how do you think you should exercise during your period versus ovulation? You would know, but we don't always think of that when it comes to like actually booking a class. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about this in, in my business as well. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. like stop my whole business when I'm on my cycle, but I do pay a lot of attention to knowing yeah. that the week leading up to my cycle, like I need more rest. I need more space. Yes. I'm not going to book my calendar so crazy that week. And I know that not everyone has the freedom and ability to, you know, really customize your calendar if you're in corporate or if you, you know, work for someone else. Mm -hmm. And if you can pay attention to outside of work, like, can you not book all these social arrangements? If you know Mm -hmm. that like you need more rest, like if you don't have control over part of your schedule, can you really set yourself up for deep nourishment during that time? And it's really fun because I would say like 90, a hundred percent of my friends, let's just say are spiritual, are really attuned to their bodies, to their cycles. It's, it's Mm -hmm. a way of life. And so some of my friends will be like, yeah, actually, like, I'm going to be starting my moon. I'm going to be starting my bleed. And like, I don't know if I'm going to feel up for that. Like, can I check in with you and let you know? Right. And they're not like flaky throughout the whole month or anything like that, but like really being like, Hey, I really need to honor how I'm feeling. I don't know exactly how I'm going to feel on that day. Like, can I let you know, I might need some rest. And it's like, yeah, of course I want you to Mm. honor yourself. Like, thank you for doing that. And, um, it's a very, very, very small percentage of women who, who even are, are even, you know, in this conversation, I've had like my, my brain being like, oh, I feel so comfortable talking about periods or about birth control or about like my own journey. And for some people, even just talking about that, unless it's in, let's say a medical practitioner's office can, can bring up a lot. And so Mm -hmm. it's fun to see just like, how I was like, this conversation is going to be super valuable because I know that not a lot of women have access to such open conversations about, you know, menstrual cycles and about women's health in this way. Yes. Yes. I love that you said that because it is really affirming for a lot of people that it felt dismissed or unheard or felt like maybe it's just something they struggle with to know that it is something many people struggle with and that there are options and support available. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So I'm curious to know how you're currently working with patients. Do you have any programs? Are you working one-on-one with patients? Um, how are you currently serving, serving women right now? Yes. Great question. I have a one-on-one application on my website. I am booked through like the mid 2022. So be patient with me. (laughs) Um, However, I primarily do group programs now. So I have period reboot, which is my signature period and hormone course. So if you feel like you've checked the boxes on some of the things we've talked about, that's something to consider. And it's just on my website. Um, And then other than that, I just give a lot of free supports out on my podcast and on Instagram. 
because I think through awareness and through information, we can, you know, advocate for our bodies and stand up for ourselves in medical settings um, and always make the choice that's right for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And I want to make sure I get the name of your podcast, right? The cyclical podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. (laughs) So um, head on over to check out the cyclical podcast and we'll include the link to your website so that they can check out your course and your Instagram is menstruation queen, which Mm -hmm. I love. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So good. And I know that you share so much value on the podcast and on your Instagram. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for visiting with us today. Thank you for all that you do in the world. And this has been such an awesome conversation. Agreed. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. Thanks again for joining me for this episode of the Feminine Frequency Podcast with Cassandra. I so appreciate you being here with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it on your social media. You can tag me at Amy Natalie Co. and you can tag Cassandra at Menstruation Queen. And also a friendly reminder to grab your ticket for the Embody Your Feminine workshop that I am hosting next Monday, September 27th. I cannot wait to guide you through a movement session, an embodiment session, and to connect with you in real time. All right, lovely. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you in the next episode.